brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After what was one of the best Monday Night Raws we've seen in some time last week, Raw certainly took a step down this week, and we saw Bobby Lashley overload Liv Morgan get what she wants from Becky, but of course at a price. Biggie watching a television with his back. Kevin Owens, is he babyface or heel? We don't know. So let's get it all started right now. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright, everybody, welcome to the Monday Night Raw review here on the WWE Podcast. We've got so much to get to tonight with of course, Monday Night Raw, we're going to hear from the crisis. He has a trash list or two. That's going to be a fun listen, and so we're going to we're going to jump into that in just a second. First, thank you, everybody, for joining me here on the WWE Podcast, the unofficial WWE Podcast. For legal reasons, it's got to be said, right? We're not the official one. We're unofficially the official one. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's as close to uh, actually saying we're a WWE Podcast as I can get, but nonetheless... Thank you guys for joining us as we continue to grow here on the podcast, continue to grow in numbers and and uh, and, and show variety and everything like that. Um, you know, as Christmas approaches next week and a lot of our co-hosts kind of are here and there and everywhere, um, and myself included, I'm going to try to stick to a regular schedule next week. 
I, I don't know how regular it will be, but maybe it'll be some semblance of normalcy. Um, we may have a show or two or three that is late or just not going to show up uh, just because of schedules. I mean, we've got quite a team here and, of course, family and uh, holidays and spending time together takes priority over this show, believe it or not. And I don't know why. I mean, to me, WWE, the WWE podcast should be everyone's priority. Like everyone should just put their families and friends aside, their health and, and, and spending time with their families and just record a show talking about wrestling. I mean, to me, that's kind of the, 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 the top of what the meaning of life is. But hey, uh, what do I know? And uh, so what's going to happen is next week, and I'm, I'm, it's kind of a, a bit of a casting call next week. If if there's anybody out there that is interested in in covering, I know for sure AEW Rampage will need uh, covering for a, a few weeks. Uh, that for sure will be. And anybody else on standby that is interested in talking about wrestling and just kind of recording their own show on in terms of a review, by all means, reach out to me at my on my email realwwepodcast at gmail dot com uh, or on uh, on Twitter at wrestling underscore audio. Lots of places that you can get in touch with me. And speaking of getting in touch, getting in touch with me, tomorrow's the mailbag. So send your questions there. Call us. Tweet at us. Uh, as I say, smoke signals, whatever you got to do. Morse code, don't care. Uh, we will be able to transcribe it and be able to answer your question here. So oh, one last thing. Don't forget, we're running a special, guys. I don't know how long it's going to last on Apple Podcasts. 99 cents for an entire month, seven days free, or $9.99 for a whole 12 months of this show on Apple Podcasts. Just go to our homepage and click the Try Now button or, uh, you know, it says get rid of these pesky ads. Click that button. Boom, you're in. Or on Patreon, of course. Patreon's growing and we have a great uh, discussion going on in Discord all the time about current events and uh, wrestling ra- wrestling chatter. It's it's a lot of fun, especially during pay-per-views. So I'm also going to be going live somewhat soon on TikTok at, uh, at the WWE podcast. So follow me there. I'm going to be posting a new video tomorrow, but I do want to go live. I have not gone live yet on TikTok, and it seems to be what the cool kids are doing. So I want to join in and see if I can maybe get in on, in the cool crowd and uh, and and follow follow all of the other people who have been uh, been successful. So anyway, let's move on to Raw. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. And I got to say, as I said in the very open of this show. It was not a good show. I thought overall not a good show. And here we go with all the, you know, I'm sure some of you are already gotten your, your, uh, your, your reviews on Apple Podcasts ready to go. You got it half written that all I do is complain about wrestling, right? That's all I do. Um, and, and that's actually going to be one of my videos on, on, um, on, on TikTok is responding to the negative reviews of the show on TikTok. So I'm going to like kind of copy and copy and paste some of those reviews and respond to them on TikTok. I'm not going to do it anywhere else, nowhere else. So subscribe to us on TikTok. It's going to be a fun video. I'm, I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow. Maybe while I'm actually at my big boy job on my lunch break or something, I'll be able to get that out because I've been wanting to respond to them because you know, I got to say with even positive reviews, I appreciate all reviews, which people don't realize giving me a negative review still helps because algorithms, right? And so, uh, but nonetheless, it, it's hard. I can't respond to people directly. It's just, it's a unfortunate when people just kind of say things, I can't respond to them directly. It's kind of a very cowardice, uh, way to approach reviews when the creator can't respond directly. So I'm going to do that on TikTok if you're interested. So anyway, back to Monday Night Raw, we have a show here, had a show that was again, a big step down from last week. Last week, I hope was not an anomaly that it was something that WWE, I was, I was hoping that they could build on it, particularly with the Liv Morgan support. And you know what? Let me start with Liv Morgan because I thought for sure that they would open the show with Liv and Becky. Given all the momentum that came off of the show last week, that the fans seemed to be generally behind her. They had a great reaction for her during the match. She got screwed out of the championship. Uh, a lot of fans on social media, I saw anyway, we're advocating for Liv to get another match. And while they did give us that next match and that other match, to me, it would have made much more logical sense to have Liv and Becky open the show. Yeah, yes, you have Bobby Lashley back, and we saw more of Bobby Lashley in one night than I think we've ever seen in, in his career in a single night. Um, to me, I mean, I, I don't dislike Bobby Lashley, but that, that's um, that's saturation. That's oversaturation right there. I don't care what the who the talent is. It's not a referendum on Bobby. It's just 
when you see someone that often in three matches plus backstage segments plus the opening promo to get to these three matches, it's too much. I don't care who you are, how big your name is. Honestly, it's it's just too much. Um, but that said, to me, I would have opened with Liv and Becky. I think the crowd was ready to to uh, get into Becky and Liv. And instead, it was thrown into the middle of the show. I believe it was smack dab in the middle of the show, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, overall, I thought it was I thought it was effective. I mean, you had you had Becky Lynch coming out in her uh, her obnoxious outfit. I think I think Becky and uh, Becky and uh, Seth Rollins probably shop at the same place. That, that's I, I'm pretty sure that they do. They shop. There's like a, an obnoxious clothing store for men and for women, and they must have the same place that they go to and like the men's on the left side, the women's clothes are on the right side. And the, you know, the qualification is you have to be a total, you know, D bag to shop here. And there's someone checking IDs at the door, making sure that you do indeed want to, and have the intention of shopping and looking like a D bag. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but I mean, it makes sense. I like how they're both heels. Not that I'm trying to advocate for them being uh, a, a team on screen, I think that as baby faces, that was not a, a good fit, at least a couple of years ago when they were just uh, dating. But this segment was designed to have Lynch attempt to embarrass Liv Morgan after beating her last week to retain the championship. Morgan, of course, comes out. She challenges Lynch to her rematch at day one. And, you know, I have to say, look, I'm still a Liv Morgan fan. I, I, I'm behind her. I think she's confident on the mic in a way that's surprisingly confident. And I like the way that she delivers her lines in general. This week seemed much more scripted than last week. It felt like she was just reciting a script she had just read in gorilla position before she went out. And as as good as she is in her cadence and her voice and just naturally speaking, that was that certainly helped deodorize the line. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Delivering perception. But it still came across like she was delivering lines underneath all that. And it, and it was unfortunate because the message wasn't even that great, um, you know, other than, oh, Becky, you proved that you're just the, the world's best cheater or something like that. It's like, ooh, you know, it felt a little bit high schoolish. I mean, it was it was fine. It, it got got to the point that she was stressing that Becky cheated to win. And also the one line that I was a bit uh, put off by, I'm always put off by this no matter who does it is um, when they start talking about the fans and fighting for little girls and boys. Please, spare me the pain. This is not a Saturday morning cartoon special. We're not watching Shining Time Station. Boy, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, George Carlin was a train conductor in a old late 80s, early 90s uh, TV show called Shining Time Station. Shining time station where dreams can come true. Oh boy, I just triggered a lot of. Uh, anyway, if you're in, if you grew up in the '90s or in the '80s, memory unlocked. I just triggered a memory for some of you. Some of you are like, "What the hell is he talking about?" 
it's a product of growing up in the uh, mid 90s. Anyway, never thought I'd mention Shining Time Station on my show ever. That may be the first time in like eight years of podcasting I've ever said Shining Time Station. All right, we're continuing to spend too much time on this. Uh, but the, the, the message is like, it's very transparently, support me, little girls and boys. I'm your hero. I'm going to fight for you. Shut up. You know, like, just just stop. This is the, one of the downsides of a PG product. You know, I do support the PG product movement in general because as an organization, it's their best uh, it's their best path to obtain more sponsored dollars, we reach the widest audience, create that next generation of fans. Fan, you know, th- in general, parents aren't going to let their kids watch a TV fourteen product. There's so many reasons to go PG, and I, you know, I, I, as much as I love the blood and guts and violence at times, I, I understand the business uh, model. I get it, but this is one of the negatives: is that you get these very soft, transparently, sickeningly, uh, just cheesy lines. And I'm not saying Liv Morgan as a character as a whole is like this, okay? But you see this time and again. Nikki A.S.H. created a whole character about it, and boy, her character is about as, you know, she's on life support when it comes to her Nikki A.S.H. character. Thank God um, that the fans didn't really gravitate to that. Uh, and so... I mean, you see it time and again, or, or the, the declaration that a baby face is always going to take on all comers. I went on a bit of a rant on that in my show uh, last night or, the, or my weekend review. But I think I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here. This has not been generally Morgan's character, so I'll give it a pass for a week on that line and uh, move on here. But uh, we had Lynch refuse to challenge or accept Morgan's challenge, but Morgan attacked her and Lynch got the better of things and sticking Morgan's arm between the ring steps and the ring post and stomping on it several times. Now, of course, the visual of this was uh, was interesting. I-, I can't remember the last time that was done. Of course, there was more than enough space in that little hole between the ring steps and the ring post that, of course, wasn't doing any actual damage. But the visual is good. The camera work was good to make it believable. The screaming and the selling by Liv Morgan was fine. And it made it believable that only uh, Lynch would accept if she was at an advantage and she was in a place where she felt she had the best chance of uh, of uh, retaining her championship. So now Becky has gone, again, full heel and really took a turn last week. But following through this week by uh, just only doing things that are, you know, basically being a complete coward and taking the easy way out and making sure that only doing things that are uh, beneficial to her, only accepting challenges that she has an advantage or a leg up in, you know, all of the kind of heel tactics that you'd expect. And so this seems to be a, a full heel turn. Now, again, I, the, the music of Becky Lynch needs to change. There's always a massive delay for that. So I expect it to come soon. I mean, hell, Sami Zayn has been a heel for how long and he just got new music, <laughs> you know? So um, it can take some time, but it is, uh, to me, if, if, if you get new music, you're they're all in on the turn, right? So we get Becky Lynch, we get Liv Morgan at day one. I'll keep my predictions to myself for now. I know some of you will probably ask me on the mailbag or provide your predictions for day one with these two. Let me know. Let me know what you think. If Liv Morgan does have an opportunity to truly take the belt off of Becky, or if perhaps this is just another uh, stepping stone for Liv to get to WrestleMania to face Becky, or maybe she's a favorite to win the Rumble. You know, um, I I have my thoughts. I will say that. I have my thoughts about how day one is going to go. And then what the path beyond that is. So somebody asked me so I can sound smart tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Otis. Otis is now this is again, as I crap on something and I get my, I mean, I'm not just crapping on it to, to get click ratings or whatever. Like I truly believe all of everyone, everything I'm saying, I want you guys to understand, I, you know, whether you love it or hate it or complain that I complain too much which is kind of a bit hypocritical, isn't it? When somebody complains that I complain too much, instead of just you know going to another show and doing the very thing that they don't like listening to, they do the very thing that they perceive me doing, right? In other words, if you don't like me complaining, somebody going to complain about me complaining is extremely hypocritical. <laughs> 
See, see the hypocrisy there, my uh, fellow haters. All right. So Otis, to me, I, I really enjoyed the fact that they decided to go back to Otis here. They, they, they have kind of forgotten about him in the, the ether. He's been floating out there, getting dangerously close to going back to his food-induced coma or uh, his food coma-induced character. I got it there. And, and, you know, he didn't. And that's a good thing because I think we never got to really explore what this new Otis character is. And he's a monster heel. Doesn't say a whole lot. Still looks weird with his face shaved, and that's fine. He's a heel. He can look stupid if he wants. Uh, That's why being a heel is so liberating. But Otis defeats Riddle with a front slam. Essentially, it's the the world's strongest slam, if you remember Mark Henry. And uh, that's fine. I think it, it suits Otis completely. You know what? I wouldn't even have minded if Big E took it. Can Big E just adopt that? I mean, can 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 we have Otis and, and Big E swap? Or maybe Big E hit with him quoting, you know, Booker T all the time, just take the scissor kick and the spinner Rooney. I mean, I don't care. It kind of fits him, right? Anything but the big ending. To me, the world's strongest slam would make total sense for Big E. And anyway, so Otis beats Riddle clean. Even more amazingly, after the match. With Randy Orton at ringside, Randy slid into the ring, and you would think that he's about to drop Otis. Oh, no, 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 no. Otis ends up fending off an RKO, and he delivered it, Otis that was, or um, Randy delivered it to Chad uh, Chad Gable. And then uh, Otis put down Randy, and so I got to say, you know, o- Otis came away looking really strong, not even taking a finish. Barely got taken off his feet. He did at one point during the match, but it took a while. So I, I really think this was a nice rebuild for Otis. Where does it end? I don't know. They probably don't have an end game. I have no reason to believe that they have an end game. But at least for this week, they've reestablished Otis as this monster heel that needs to be taken down. And having Otis and Gable feud with Randy and Riddle, I think, is good right now. And it's really telling that we had Riddle lose clean to Otis that that speaks volumes right now uh, now the one thing I will say and here you know you know I'm about to critique something but it's all, everything I am not everything most things I critique are easily fixable that's why I get so heated about it is that it's not some some impossible Rubik's Cube problem like I'm not asking someone to you know calculate the mass of the sun uh, it's something that is easily fixable from a production standpoint or just from, uh, hey, just do a little more of this or a little less of this. And the problem I had was the lack of selling as a whole of knees to the face. Knees to the face seemed to be kind of the new cool thing to do where clotheslines originally were not intended for a transition move. Believe it or not, a clothesline used to be a finish back in the day. Then a DDT became a transition move. Then a super kick became a transition move. And now knees to the face, i.e. Daniel Bryan's finish. And when you think about it, should be a finish. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are now barely sold or registered by opponents. Like, you hear the slapping. You hear the knee slapping. You know, it's time usually very well where the the person slapping their hand on their leg it doesn't look like they're slapping their hand on their leg, and that it's actually made the sound is made from the contact of the knee to the face. So, you know, the the they're professionals, and they certainly do execute it well. The problem I have is we had Riddle do this a number of times to Otis, and Otis not only didn't sell it, he barely registered it. 
I mean, he stumbled for like two seconds and then went next right back to his next offensive move. Now, look, I understand Otis is being billed as a monster. You can't build muscle on your face, number one. Number two, anybody that hits you in the, you know, the face with their knee going at that speed, with that amount of mass, you're getting knocked out. End of story. So the least you could do is at least, I mean, sell it. So this was prevalent not just here with Otis, but also with Becky Lynch and Liv. When Liv hit, Morgan, uh, hit Becky in the face with her, uh, her knees, you know, I was like, oh, cool, she's taken down. And you know, Becky took some, some offense and then quickly turned it around. It, it's, you know, it's a, it's an industry wide problem. That's why I'm not, I'm not trying to pick specifically on Otis and Becky because I'm, I'm supportive of both right now. I think they're doing very well, uh, especially now that they've refocused on Otis. We'll see where that, where that lands, of course, but it's an industry wide problem where they take finishers and suddenly make them transition moves and then make them about as effective as a slap across the face. It, it seems to be a systemic problem in wrestling, you know? Um, pretty soon the tombstone will be like, you know, a, a, a collar and elbow tie up, right? A pile driver will be, you know, uh, I, I don't know, a headlock, a side headlock, you know, equivalent to. I'm, I'm being very, very dramatic, but that's that's my point. Is So the other thing is, you know, Corey Graves makes ridiculous statements throughout the show, and I don't know if he does this on purpose to try to get a rise out of the fans or he truly believes what he says. And he called Otis a, quote, world-class athlete. I'd love to ask Corey, wh- by what metric? Exactly what are you using to make that statement? Is there data to support this? Now, again, there's general sweeping statements they make all the time about, about WWE and that if you're in WWE, you are by definition a world-class athlete. Uh, I-, I can say that with, with uh, very high certainty that no, not all body types are world-class athletes. I have a very hard time believing that Otis would be able to keep up with another world-class athlete in, say, a triathlon, okay? He may work out okay in wrestling, in actual amateur wrestling, like Greco-Roman Olympic wrestling, but I have a hard time believing that he would be able to, you know, swim a, a, a 500-meter race against David Phelps and, and win, okay? World-class athletes are Olympians. That's a world-class athlete or in, you know... Um, in a in an extremely competitive environment, wrestling is a show. It's a it's a sport, a simulated sport, completely made to entertain us, right? Uh, I still don't like the phrase phrase sports entertainment. So those of you out there, are like, oh, he just supported the phrase sports entertainment. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm not going into that whole rally or that whole rant. I'll pause that. But my my point is, Corey. No, he's not a world class athlete. He's athletic. He's a tough guy. And he's interesting. He can cut a, you know, he, I shouldn't even say he can cut a promo. We don't know yet. We haven't heard much from him since he shaved his face. Maybe it's shaved off, you know, his vocal cords with it. I don't know. But anyway, I'm like, Corey, stop. Stop before you hurt yourself. Okay. He says things sometimes. It's just, um, I don't know. But anyway, they, this, this match was about protecting Otis. So I, I actually, I mean, I was, I was cool with that. Um, okay. I want to move on a little bit here to, uh, let's see, the nil program. I didn't even know this was a thing. The nil program, N-I-L, the acronym stands for next in line. All of the individuals that they showed, I think there was like, I don't know, 15, 16 of them, all collegiate athletes. Most of them at the top of their class, a very diverse cast of, of men, women, black, white, I mean, you name it. Uh, so they certainly reached all of their intersectional uh, quotas, if that indeed was their uh, goal. Uh, you know, again, I, I think a lot of public-facing companies. I'm not saying they're doing this out of the current the, the current environment today. I'm not saying they're they're doing that, and and I hope that that's not their motivation. That they're actually just choosing the best athletes possible, that choosing the best people possible. But you know, it, it did kind of read very uh, very by the book of if you were gonna make sure that the public viewed this as a diverse, inclusive cast, uh, boom, they, you know, they, they got it. Uh, and, and look, I'm not judging their picks because we don't know who they are yet other than their names, and Corey Graves couldn't pronounce half of them. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's just a, little bit, a little bit suspicious, and I hope that they just did it on merit, right? And, I, I, you know, I'll give them a pass. I, I'll just say that they did, okay? 
um, I, I, somebody just, the reason I'm bringing that up is somebody brought it to my attention and I'm like, they asked if I could bring that up and give my opinion on it. But what I'm going to do is say, I'm going to give WWE the benefit of the doubt and say that they, um, certainly, uh, they sign these individuals out of merit. And it also makes you wonder the people that got cut over the last year. I mean, there's been like 80 wrestlers cut. It seems as if their objective for that, their reasoning for cutting a lot of that talent was to go younger and make room for the next generation, like not keep anybody around that they don't feel should be around and just go for it, like clean house, back up the truck, put people in that truck that you don't think belong there anymore and you feel like you've gotten everything out of and let's go young. Let's get the, you know, let's go, let's get new faces in here. Let's get the, uh, the entire cast of, of new stars in the face of fans now. Uh, it's also interesting that we had Gable Steveson, the guy that, you know, was drafted by Raw in the crowd. It, it was weird because how can you be a part of a draft in which you're not actually competing in yet? Now, some of you may say, well, they do that all the time in college football to pro, uh, to pro football. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do it all the time, right? I mean, and same with basketball. They they uh, draft high school students that are uh, seniors to uh, go to to, uh, to to college, and they do the from college to pros. But the difference is they're already in their said sport. Okay, Gable Stevenson, I have yet to see any footage of him doing anything other than sitting at his house crying with his family about him being announced on Raw as a draft pick, and that's cool. Like I'm I'm in support of uh, Gable Stevenson. I think. He's got a good look. He's got a, you know an actual credentialed background. Cool, but it's just weird to me that you could actually make a draft pick for somebody, not have him be utilized for many many months, and then have them sit. If they're a part of your company, you don't even let them backstage. You just have them sit in the uh, in the crowd. That was weird. That was weird. So eventually, we'll see Gable Stevenson. I don't know what, in what capacity, but uh, okay. All right, let's uh, let, let's move on. But I got to say. The nil program, that sounds like a Nick Khan special. That sounds like, hey, people have been asking, what are we doing? Why are we making all these cuts? Well, here's one of the programs we're implementing. The next in-line program. And you know what? I, I actually do. Again, I support it. They should go young, as should many sports. Because once you have an established star, you got to create other stars from that star. Why not? That's how the, the the wheel keeps on spinning, baby. So let's talk Vince McMahon for a second. So we still don't have a payoff to Vince being back on TV. We don't have a payoff. It's still Vince just randomly there. Maybe he was like, hey, you know, I'm tired of being backstage and creative. I just want to be on TV. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. And he's the boss. He can do whatever the hell he wants. But it's getting to the point. I put this in the title of the show for a reason. Vince McMahon is unwatchable right now. He's unintelligible. I cannot understand what he's saying anymore. He's got that old man, old, uh, like just, just that raspy grandpa voice as if he's been smoking cigarettes Six packs a day for the last 55 years. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, I know Vince is extremely healthy and he's he could probably kick my ass in the gym. Many others his age, he's probably in like the top 1% of his age group in terms of strength and conditioning. And, you know, credit to Vince on that. I'm sure he's still a gym nut. But his voice, I mean, I have to strain. I've got like like high quality headphones on, noise cancellation headphones on. I have to turn it up, try to also tune out the crowd noise and get through his raspiness to understand what the hell he's saying. I, I mean, I know I understand it's Vince McMahon and we're all once he dies, because believe it or not, one day he will. We'll, we'll all look back and, you know, as much as we may crap on him for the creative he does and this and that, he's going to be remembered for one of the most successful pro wrestling companies of all time. You know, he will be. That is his legacy. So, you know, that, that is, of course, for another day in time. 
But right now, as it stands, Vince McMahon on TV is just unwatchable. Why is he here? What is he doing? He brings back a $100 million egg. Someone steals it because Vince is dumb enough to leave it on his desk. Then he just suddenly takes a liking to Austin Theory, but at the same time taking a liking to him by demeaning him in his office. Uh, Austin Theory tries to impress him by beating up Finn Balor and then taking a selfie with him again this week. And Vince tells him to shut up. That's about the only two words I got out of that. I mean, he can still say that. Those are two words he still can say fairly well because the way that it should be delivered is already his natural speaking voice now with how old he is. Uh, So he was babbling on, though, about with Austin Theory about an eraser being the most deadly weapon. Well, I understand the premise of that, but it's also kind of breaking the fourth wall, isn't it? Is it not? That's actually something Jim Ross would always say. The most, power, the most powerful tool you have at your disposal as a booker is an eraser. And I get it, right? We all, we all understand what that means is you can take somebody off in the blink of an eye. You can just erase them from the minds of fans like that, right? I think we understand the analogy. But it's weird that Vince brought it up on his own show, alluding to him actually being the head of creative and deciding, hey, yeah, I don't want you in this segment. Let me erase you. What 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 are we doing? What what is this? What is Vince on TV for? Maybe there's somebody out there within the sound of my voice that enjoys these segments with Vince. Maybe there is some higher purpose to them. And eventually it'll all make sense somehow in some universe that, oh, okay, I understand why he's back. It's this and this and this. Even if there is a master plan, which I don't believe there is, even if there even if there was, uh in the meantime, this is unwatchable for Vince. You can't hear the dude. It's frustrating. And when you do hear him and you understand his sentences, his sentences are weird and his mannerisms are weird now. He's just, he's not Vince McMahon of, you know, the Attitude Era anymore. And and I know that's where we all kind of freeze him in time in our minds. And then when we see him, he looks like, you know, it's it's weekend at Bernie's. So, I, I mean, I just... I don't know. I'm not, I hate to say it because I like when Vince is on TV. He knows he draws ratings, and perhaps that's the reason he, from a selfish standpoint, from an ego standpoint, he knows that anytime a McMahon is on TV, it draws ratings, which is, for the better or worse, the truth. But, but perhaps that's a motivator as well. But uh, I don't know what he's doing here, telling Austin Theory he's going to erase him uh, and you know, telling him to shut up. He slaps him last week, all this stuff. So, okay, let, let's move on. I'm going to try to find something positive here. Uh, Miz and Edge. Now, this was not as good as their first segment together, I, I have to say. And then this is a, not a negative because I'm going to stay on the positive chain here. It's just an observation that since they first engaged three weeks ago, it seems as if it's been cooling off and cooling off and cooling off because they started at 100 miles an hour and now they've had to dial it back with their promos. So instead of building it up, they've slowed it down. It's just an interesting dynamic where you know, they, they started red scalding hot in response to the MJF CM Punk promo, which is exactly what it was. And then they have since then kind of gone back to like the WWE style promo. And it's been like it's been kind of by the numbers and, and it's been certainly fine. But it's weird to see them kind of going backwards in, in the, the all important momentum. Right. So we had Miz and Maurice run down edge before edge came to the ring Miz uh, called himself a Hall of Famer in the class of 2022, created his own video, hilariously edited out The Rock from WrestleMania 27 when he faced John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania and won and took away The Rock Bottom. (laughs) That's very noticeable and funny. Um, And so that was fine. Again, this is the best version of Miz when he's with Maurice. Maurice just does something to The Miz to make him palatable. You know, that that is, it's, it's such an, you know, when I see Maurice, it is... It's a breath of fresh air. Her accent's fun to listen to. Uh, you know, in ring, I'd like to see what she can do. It seems as if with her ring gear kind of on that she's back in an active uh, role. We'll see in the coming weeks. But Edge ends up trying to spear Miz, but Miz uses his wife as a shield, and she doesn't take kindly to that. 
after Miz puts Edge down with a skull-crushing finale, we had Maurice actually slap the Miz and walk off in anger. I hope this is not a split. Miz and Maurice are a really nice couple to watch, and you got to look at Miz and Mrs. They're not going to break these two up. Nobody wants to see them get divorced. Fans don't have a, a vested interest in this of, you know, oh, man, this is Maurice's time. I think fans don't really care too much about Maurice in a singles role. Maybe that'll change, and I hope she has a nice career if that's the path they're going. But a breakup? No. It's just a quick rough patch. But it also is nice showing the cowardice of of Miz using his own wife as a shield from Edge. That that actually is a, it's a, it's a really fun, fun thing to watch. And you see that from time to time with the, the cowardly he- heels using a, uh, a woman as a shield. I have to say it's fun. Um, and, you know, again, Miz and Edge at day one. I think I think most of us understand the outcome of that match. But there is always that possibility that Miz wins because whoever's Edge's next real opponent interferes. Um, but you got to also remember there's the Royal Rumble right after that. I mean, I think it's like a two or three week turnaround time before we get the Royal Rumble. So that's going to be really hot on the heels of day one. And then we're rapid fire in pay-per-views. Can you guys believe it? Like we are just a few short weeks away from WrestleMania season again. It's it's unbelievable how quickly things go. It's unbelievable. Two years since the pandemic started. Yeah, we, we've got WrestleMania season a blink away. We've got Christmas next week. 2022 is in, you know, a couple of two weeks and change. Guys, I mean, I'm not trying to be all, you know, heartfelt and kumbaya, but man, oh man, it's just, it's unbelievable how quickly things go. And, you know, you, you look up and boom. <sighs> I mean, I'm 36 years old. I'm going to be 37 in a couple of months. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than halfway to 70. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what was going on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I can borrow uh, New Day's time machine. Remember they brought out a time machine one time? All right. I don't know. I'm trying to tie it back to wrestling. All right. So moving on, the Dirty Dogs defeat Damian Priest and Finn Balor via pinfall. Of course, this is where we had Austin Theory take a selfie. But this was a very quick match. Dolph Ziggler hit Balor with a zigzag. And after the match, Austin Theory, as I said, slid into the ring and took a selfie. Priest chased him off. So Austin Theory continues to gain some nice heat, being kind of the teacher's pet and also this obnoxious guy there with a camera that always takes selfies when people are at their weakest and he is at you know in an advantageous position. So he does have some nice little heat on him, and the fans reacted to it as such. It was nice. You know, he at least got a reaction when he did that to Finn Balor. I think the bigger story here is not even Austin Theory trying to impress Vince and where the whole hell that thing's going, because honestly right now I don't care, is... Really the biggest story to me is Finn Balor here. Finn Balor has been on a losing streak. I don't want to say of epic proportions, but at at the point now where it's starting to do damage to him. Now it's starting to damage him a bit where wins and losses we all know in wrestling don't really mean too much unless there's excessive amounts of wins or losses or there's massive wins or losses on a big stage like WrestleMania or another pay-per-view, the culmination of a program, and somebody's got to win. You know, outside of that, I have to say, you know, Finn Balor is in a a rough spot right now. He goes from main eventing with, uh, with Roman Reigns. Many believed he could actually be the one to beat Roman as the demon. Yeah. Many people told me that they believed that. And glad you believed it because that's what it's about is believing in the characters that you love. But <laughs> he goes from that to losing and losing. He loses to a single zigzag. What? The zigzag hasn't been effectively used as a finish since like Dolph Ziggler won the the World Heavyweight Championship when he cashed it in, I think, nine years ago. I mean, the zigzag has essentially been become a transitional move. It's it's amazing. I mean, so uh, Finn Balor is on a very uh, low run as as a character right now. You know, it's such a shame. Just put him back in NXT. See, this is a problem. If you're not going to do anything with him, you're using Finn Balor. You're using Finn Balor as an as a enhancement talent right now. I don't know. This was a really, I don't think anybody, anybody saw that one coming. 
that Finn Balor loses clean to Dolph Ziggler with one zigzag. <sighs> okay. Queen Zelina defeats Rhea Ripley via pinfall with, you guessed it, a roll-up. Carmella and Nikki A.S.H. at ringside provided distraction, although Nikki's was unintentional. This allowed Zelina to get the win in a very short match. Yeah, this was really short. You know, Zelina hasn't, even during her uh, Queen's Crown Tournament match matches, she didn't get a whole lot of time. Neither did any of the women, but this is kind of an extension of that, not giving the women time is this um, this particular match right here with Queen Zelina defeating Rhea Ripley. I mean, th- this was over. I mean, if you went up, if you got up from your couch or you left your phone somewhere, as many of us just stream it, we don't sit on couch watching cable TV anymore. But, uh, you know, if you left for a moment, just go to the bathroom, quick, come back, it was over. And Queen Zelina, I do have to say, too, though, one as much as I don't like how quickly these matches are ending, because I think Zelina and Ripley both are excellent talent and have more to, to deliver than what we're seeing. That said, I do like Zelina giving a fake British accent, but acknowledging it's fake and then going all Long Island, uh, you know what, on on the crowd. Yeah, that I do like where she clearly bringing a fake accent in snaps back into herself where something is triggered in her by the crowd. She loses it on the crowd and then they bring her back to just the the obnoxious British British accent of everyone's our loyal subjects. I mean, she literally said that. It's fine. I think it, this gives Zelina something to do, and it's more inter- infinitely more interesting than where she was prior to this. So, all right. Uh, of course, you could dive deep into Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. I'll leave that to you guys. I'm interested to hear what you guys think about Queen Zelina and Rhea Ripley and where they're where they're at. Where are they going? And let's see what else. Let's see. Uh, oh, Bianca Belair defeats Dewdrop via pinfall after a 450 splash. Weird. Just, just kind of weird. I mean, I, to me, I don't, I don't know why. Well, I'm cool with Bianca Belair, you know, doing new maneuvers. I still want to see her hit Dewdrop with the K, uh, KOD. I just want to see it. Okay, where are we at here? Bobby Lashley's three matches. Okay, this is where we'll end things, and then we'll end things on my end, and then we'll get to uh, the trash segments, I promise, with uh, the, the crisis. Bobby Lashley defeats Kevin Owens. Now, the stipulation was, according to Zelina, uh, to uh, Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce, if Bobby Lashley wants in on the championship match at day one, he has to defeat all three opponents. So the first one was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens ends up submitting before the Hurt Lock even got put in. And at first I was like, wow, this makes him look really weak. What are they doing? Upon further evaluation, what I mean by that is by an extra like two seconds of thinking about this, make Kevin Owens look smart. And he explained it because he didn't want to get put in in, in the Hurt Lock, have damage done to him. He knows he's not going to get out of it. So just tap out before you even, you know, it's even locked in. And that was a great, really smart, really smart booking right there. And the match was fine. The match was fine. Kevin Owens uh, losing here made sense given the fact that Bobby right now is the guy that they're trying to build. Uh, Then we get Seth Rollins uh, uh, facing Bobby Lashley. This is where, uh, to me, this this went off the rails a little bit. And here, I'll explain what I mean. So Kevin Owens at the beginning, by the way, is coming out and he's saying that to Biggie that he's going to be the champion that the fans can be proud of. That's not something that a, a heel says, just so you know. Um, this this match between Big E uh, or Lashley and Seth was probably the low point of the night for me. That's a, It's insane to say, right? Seth Rollins was in the low point of your night? You may ask, and I'm sure you're all just perplexed, and you're on the edge of your seat at, waiting for my answer as to why. Because the way that this was thought through was just bad. It was just poor. And that's being generous. What I mean by that is, number one, you have Big E backstage, like watching TV. He's not even watching TV out of the side of his eye anymore. Apparently, he's grown eyes in the back of his neck or in the back of his shoulder because he can watch TV at an angle that only you and I can dream of. Apparently, the viewing angles on the TVs backstage must be otherworldly. I mean, Biggie is the easiest, worst offender when it comes to making sure that you are positioned perfectly with the camera, 
the hard camera so that you know you get in the shot exactly and you know he's he does this when talking to people uh and now even watching the the monitor no one nobody nobody i know watches tv like that easy fix easy production fix less than two seconds biggie just turns towards you know the tv he's supposedly watching and uh terribly taking notes on uh, but anyway, uh, we had Owens come out. Of course, he has a, uh, a bone to pick with Bobby Lashley after losing earlier in the night, but also to protect his own interests of lowering the odds that he won't walk out as champion. You know, so uh, they just created a temporary alliance and you know, it didn't work. But the weirdest part about this was this is where, again, the whole thing falls apart. We had Seth Rollins lose this match, but what led to it was bizarre, right? We had Owens attack Rollins, which led to a DQ finish where we had uh, Seth Rollins win. Kevin Owens thinks that he bucks the system. And then we get a, uh, a, 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 a no DQ match. So Pierce and Sonya Deville feel as if, okay, well, uh, now it's no DQ. So, you know, you, you can't do that anymore. No cheap wins. Okay, well, now you just created an even bigger advantage by allowing anybody into this match legally. Yet, we also had Kevin Owens just stand there after uh, we immediately essentially got a, a, a spear by Bobby to Seth. Seth loses one, two, three. Now, Seth loses to a spear, one spear. Yet, it takes 25 minutes inside of a hell, multiple spears, chair shots, and so forth to beat him in Hell in a Cell with Edge. You know, so... Um, you know, but I mean, Seth Rollins to me, this, this was weird that this is a bad segment and Seth is in it. So it made no sense that this was no DQ, nor did it make sense that the following match was no DQ of Bobby Lashley versus Biggie via, he beat Biggie via pinfall with a spear. So Bobby Lashley, of course, gets into the fatal, uh, gets into the match at day one with a fatal four way for the uh, WWE championship. And after the match with Big E and Lashley, it had a bunch of chairs and tables. We had all, Rollins and Owens ran in to attack Lashley. And that, of course, didn't work. And um, this allowed Lashley to hit a spear and get the victory on Big E. So, yes, I understand they were trying to protect most of the talent here, with the exception of kind of Kevin Owens. Um, but I, I don't know. Um I thought the booking with Seth and Bobby was bad. I understand why they did this with Bobby to make him look as monstrous as possible and a legitimate threat. Nobody believes Bobby Lashley's walking out as champion. No one. Okay. What else happened? I'm going to go through my notes because I think I checked most of the boxes here. Let's look at uh, my notes just to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Um, let's see. Oh, one big thing that they kept doing all night, wherever they'd mentioned that they are, they would just say St. Paul. I tend to understand why they did that. Right. I cannot think of another reason why they wouldn't mention the actual full name of the city and that maybe it is uh, synonymous with the 2020, uh, let's say civil unrest. Okay. Let me, let me just say that, that, uh, the way that, uh, it would be pre-approved, right? I, I, there's no other reason for not mentioning the name of the city, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Unless it actually changed. Did it actually legally change to just St. Paul? I have my doubts. So I don't think they want the stigma of Minneapolis, which will forever be stained with thing the things that happened there. We all know it did. So I'm thinking they left the word Minneapolis out of it and just said, yeah, we're in St. Paul. Uh, oh yeah, where's that? Uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 in the Midwest somewhere, you know. All right, so let's get to the crisis, and then we're gonna close things out, guys. Let's see what he has to say in his trash list this week. Was good. It is the crisis. This is the official, unofficial WWE podcast crisis trash bucket list number three. And this one, I'm just going to say right now, this list 
is hashtag fire and and there's so many reasons why i cannot believe it but you know like i said like i said we gonna always start off with a little positivity and i got to say monday night raw this had a long fire list and we gonna we gonna mow through it mvps bobby lashley's seth rollins and byron sackton's suit game Fire. The drip was real. RK Bro, man, they killing it. They are still on my hashtag fire list. Uh, uh, Rollins versus Owens, the banter that they have together. Uh, guess I'll go get changed. Uh, when Rollins said that after uh, he found out uh, 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 oh, Kevin Owens was going to be in the first match. I mean, that was that that, that was hilarious. Absolute fire. Otis getting built actually getting built up that is fire dewdrop i don't know if it was new or maybe i just never heard it but her theme music hashtag fire the bel-air dewdrop finish man that was amazing you know the power bomb off the top rope the 450 splash even though dewdrop took the l she went over in that l bel-air went over in the w that my friends hashtag fire a uh, ziggler hitting that zigzag woo and actually getting a pin what Wait, 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 whoa. No, let me say that again. Ziggler used his finisher and somebody didn't kick out of it and he got the win? Fire. Uh, Hey, Kevin Owens explaining why he quit in that first match. Hey, hey, storytelling. I'm going to give some credit there. Thank you for telling us why. That is hashtag fire. That one's for you, Matt. And, uh, hey, 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 you know, the the, the whole... uh, Vince McMahon promo that he did with uh, Austin Theory, uh, asking Austin Theory if he wanted his uh, autograph. The whole steal, that was the best promo that Vince McMahon has done since he's come back. So I got to say that was hashtag fire. The four-way match, oh, the way that Raw ended, I got to say the main event, the four-way match, I was not into it in the beginning, but that my friends, is hashtag fire. And then, A, hey, I'm going to save my last fire moment for the end of this, okay? We're going to go into lunchable breaks. It sucks to say it. I can't believe it. But Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and the Dirty Dogs match lunchable break. Uh, anything, Nikki, A-S-H. Gosh, it's getting pathetic. Ugh. Lunchable break and Queen Zelina versus Rhea Ripley. That was a lunchable break and Miz TV. Yeah, Resident Hill still out on this. I'm always going to be out on this. Lunchable breaks. Yo, DJ Kuzmo, bring me like five lunchables, my friend. I need all of those for the Miz TV. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. You ready for the trash? And uh, yo, I can I, I can't wait to get to the end of this because the trash hashtag has gone viral, and we're gonna hit our trash moments of Monday Night Raw. Corey Graves, Casual Friday, was it Casual Friday? Corey Graves, trash. Uh, Adam Pierce, your tie trash uh, three lashley matches in one darn show come on come on come on there's more there's more wrestlers out there that we can see that 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 trash a uh, dewdrop still using the name dewdrop no my, everybody it's piper niven and they did have wwe has filed the trademark so i'm just waiting now but dewdrop the same name yo dewdrop's name is trash not dewdrop herself no no no. piper niven is one bad woman i'm saying i'm saying uh hey uh bianca's hurricane rada Ooh, the match was fire for a while but her hurricane rada on dewdrop trash uh still no u.s title being defended trash Rhea still a baby face trash women's tag team t- titles what uh, trash uh, Zelina's roll up trash big E trying to watch TV out the side of his eyeballs trash and the word that they're using for day one stupendous or is that for WrestleMania? I don't know. It's so dumb. I think it's for for WrestleMania. Yeah. The WrestleMania is going to be stupendous. That's the word you came up with? 
trash. And A, the number one fire moment of Monday Night Raw. Ugh. I got to tell you, Kevin Owens going into his own trash segment. That is That had me jumping out of my seat. It had my friend just rolling on the ground laughing. We couldn't believe it. But Kevin Owens must be listening to the WWE podcast because he had his own trash list on Monday Night Raw. And for me, that is is the number one fire moment. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it. In, in the three episodes we've done of this, three segments, uh, this is the first time that the fire list outweighed the trash list. So that, my friends, gives Monday Night Raw fire. Good job. Throwing it back to Matt. This is your Monday uh, unofficial, unofficial WWE podcast trash bucket list number three and i can't wait to come back y'all stay blessed y'all all right christ as well thanks for throwing it back to me i think you enjoyed monday night raw way more than i did I'm, i was thinking to myself did we watch the same show yeah or, or maybe perhaps i'm just in my sleep deprived brain i just was i'm annoyed by like everything now that doesn't help i mean certainly but i just was like wait what <laughs> but you did make some good points you know you did make some good points about the, the things you loved and the things you didn't. Uh, again, subjective. You made a case, and there's no right or wrong answer here, so I'm glad you enjoyed Raw more than I did, and the fact that you enjoyed Vince McMahon's promo, I was waiting for you to put that in a massive trash segment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently, do you want Vince McMahon's autograph on a doily? Is, I, I guess. Is that what you want? Maybe I can look into getting that for you. All right, uh, last segment from uh, Crisis here. And then we say goodbye. So here we go. Excuse me, Kevin. Can I give a word before you head into your match with Bobby Lashley? You want a word? How about how about trash? This whole situation is trash. Bobby Lashley getting added to the match. If he beats all of us, that's trash. Me having to go first, that's trash. The city of St. Paul, Minnesota, that's trash. Good news is I get to go out there now and just put an end to this right away. Get rid of Bobby Lashley, beat him, make sure he's not added to the match. And then even better news. I have to say, yeah, you, th- this this is a compelling case that uh, Kevin Owens may perhaps, perhaps be listening to this show, given the fact that this wasn't ever said by Kevin Owens, especially this many times until this past week and we didn't really have a trash segment until the last couple of weeks. So the timing is a bit suspicious. Uh, it's, it's very possible. Kevin Owens listens to this show. Very possible, but is it likely? I don't know. I don't know. could be just a happy coincidence or a happy accident. I've turned into Bob Ross now. Uh, it could be, but I like the evidence, buddy. I love the evidence. And what I'm going to do, cause I know you do have, I didn't forget. You're probably like, hey, wait a minute. I had another trash list. Yes. Yes, you did. And I promise you, I will get to that, which uh, I know you sent on December 12th, two days ago. You gave me a trash list, number two. So what I'm going to do is put that in the mailbag tomorrow, buddy. So trash list number two will be going into the mailbag tomorrow because I wanted to give the Monday Night Raw trash list tonight since it made more sense and you provided evidence that kevin owens may indeed listen to this show let's see if he continues that next week maybe it's a thing i don't know it is very interesting though very uh, you know I, I don't know if uh, it's coincidence or not or maybe i maybe you don't believe in coincidences in which case hey we got a new fan in kevin owens or he's mocking us either way it's fun to believe that he listens so thank you crisis Thank you for bringing some positivity to the show, right? I mean, you had a trash list, but in general, you you countered a lot of stuff I said with some positive stuff. That's good. I want people to counter what I, I say. I don't want people just to, oh, I'm the host. You got to agree with me. No, and you don't, and I like that. You know. So everybody, thanks so much for listening and taking the time to, uh, to hear what we have to say. 
And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the mailbag, including Crisis's trash list number two. And maybe you have a trash list. Maybe you have an, an opinion on what's going on right now in WWE. I know, again, as we get closer to the holidays, things kind of wind down before they really ramp up in a big way. And we go into fifth gear starting on January 1st with the very the day one pay-per-view and then Royal Rumble and right into WrestleMania season. So things are about to really explode wrestling-wise. But when it comes to, uh, comes to this week in WWE, I'd love to hear your opinions. And your thoughts. So tweet us at wrestling underscore audio or on Instagram at WWE underscore podcast. Or on don't forget to follow us on the uh, the, 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 the the TikTok at uh, the WWE podcast. Or you can email us real WWE podcast at gmail.com. Or if I was Michael Cole, I would say real WWE podcast at gmail.com. Right. It's so weird when he says that. All right, so let's move on to saying goodbye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.